Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be! Nebula is the streaming service that's home to its Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part? All of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with E.T., you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. Kristen, as we record this episode, mm -hmm. you and I are still countries apart. For a brief moment, this time, well, not this time tomorrow, but this time, but soon after that, in slightly more than 24 hours, we're going to be mm -hmm. in the same space, taking in what might be the most surreal show of our lifetimes. Yes, very much so. I'm, I'm extremely excited about it. If you've not been following, basically what Tristan and I are going to do is we are going to meet up in person to go see Ancient Aliens live. On ice. Oh, Hopefully that, that for the future. If it, it, History Channel, if you're hearing this, Ancient Aliens on Ice. Yes. Let's do this. So by the time you're listening to this, listener, we have, we've already done this. We've already seen the show. We've already recorded our reaction to it, but it hasn't happened for us just yet. And I thought I would take over the show today to sort of pregame a little bit, to pregame our viewing of, of Ancient Aliens live. There's a second reason too. Yeah. Yes. Um, because you said that this was going to be a present because uh, the day that this episode goes to wide release, so, so i.e. not to Nebula, but to the internet at, well, at large, it's November yeah. 21st. So like three weeks from now. And um, yep. one of the things, uh, this is very like, you know, we're recording on November 2nd. The show's coming out on November 21st. And we're going to be doing this. The occasion for you doing this is because my birthday is in six days after the recording of this. So my birthday is like kind of close to this period. And uh, I'm it's a semi-milestone-y birthday. So we'll, th there's that. Tristan's turning 50. I'm turning 35, which oh, is- Oh, I was um, close. I don't know my, I don't know if people make a big deal out of like half decade birthdays, but it is me officially entering my mid thirties. No, this is a big deal because it is, I mean, not to like put that much pressure if you haven't thought about it, but this is the point when you change demographics. You're no longer 18 to 34. Oh, that's true. I, that's true. I'm, I'm currently my, uh, my biggest YouTube demographic has been 25 to 34 year olds. So I am leaving my own YouTube demographic. There you go. So now you're going to every all your YouTube demographic is going to be pretty much exclusively people younger than you, which is wild to think about. Hey, Zoomers. That's honestly, hey, it's, hey, just Gen sign, Alpha. it's just the sign that like the Zoomers are like taking over or, the, the Zoomers are entering their late 20s. That's the main answer. That's the, really all it is. Yeah. But I thought it would be fun in honor and tradition in, in, in tradition, in honor of Tristan's birthday Aww. that may or may not be happening around the time of it's complicated. <laughs> you get it. Guys, it's, time, it's, time it, in podcast world is is weird. It's so weird. Tristan's having a birthday at some point, and I thought it would be fun to take over the show, give you a little present 
uh, because Tristan, you are, you've mentioned on the show before and to me privately that you are pretty proud of your sort of French ancestry. Is that, is that right? Proud is, I, I, um, it is something I definitely, uh, like to explore and it is something that like my like French culture is one that defines itself a lot through its language. And my grandmother, who was a Francophone, never taught my mom French. And so it kind of skipped a generation. So I'm kind of actively working to try and bring it back, I guess, is the answer. And so that has involved a lot of, yeah, exploring my my French ancestry. Yeah. Um. So I thought in honor of that and in honor of you and in honor of us going to see Ancient Aliens live soon, Ooh. I would surprise you by making an entire episode about the Frenchest recurring character on Ancient Aliens, the TV show. Ooh. Do you have a guess? Hmm. Which one of our classic talking heads is the most French? See, the thing is, my brain would go to Eric Von Daniken because Swiss people do speak French, but I'm trying to think if no. there's like a, a French dude. There's like a very Greek dude, and then there's a very American yep. dude. I would say that, um, what's his name? Um, the guy that you played, uh, you parodied in the D&D episode, David Childress, is an extremely American um, guy. Oh, it's interesting that you say that. Interesting oh. that you say that. Is that. Is we doing David Childress today? We are doing David Childress today, nice. who was born oh. in France. I did not know that. That is, oh. Born in France. France and then raised in America. <laughs> but we're going to talk about David Childress today. I'm very excited about it. Uh, but why are we talking about David Childress other than the things I just said? Uh, well, it's also because this is a podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens. It's true. Where we look at ancient astronaut theory, the show Ancient Aliens, and pseudo-archaeology, pseudoscience, all that good stuff. And we look at it, examine it, sometimes debunk it while learning about the really cool history of real people, places, things, civilizations, all that good stuff. Childresses. David's children. And normally, so my name is Scott. Normally also, normally my name is Scott, and it still is today. Most of the time it's it's Scott, unless you're sending but, a letter. <laughs> But typically, I'm the one on the show who knows nothing. I'm here to sort of bounce off of the all the research and work that Tristan did. Mm -hmm. But today, I'm taking the reins. And I'm going to talk about famous French man, David Childress. Famous French man. He is, he's, he's French in the same way that like Captain Picard was supposed to be French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm excited. I'm excited. This is definitely a person who had to be on our shit list for a long time, or at least a part of the, the, the main culprits to cover. And unlike Giorgio Tsoukalos, I imagine this guy actually has a record to investigate. <laughs> a little bit. Oh, my name is Tristan Johnson, and I know nothing. I know nothing today. I am excited. I, I am genuinely like, oh my God. I Because yeah, you're right. This guy is one of the most common faces. I think him, Tsoukalos, and Von Daniken basically are like the three people who make the show go like they're like the main yes energy behind the show so uh this is yeah, yeah this Giorgio Tsoukalos is a producer David Childress I thought was a writer for the show he's just a writer in general and then is just on this show a lot um he is basically one of the co-stars of this uh, of this show we're gonna see him tomorrow and we are gonna see him tomorrow which is why I thought it would be fun to talk about him to sort of prime ourselves with this man now we've done deep dives on some ancient aliens people in the past we've done Von Daniken we've done Graham 
Hancock. We've done uh, David Icke. We've done a lot of these like biographies of, of people. This is not going to be as deep of a dive because normally those are like two parters. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just sort of prime ourselves with a little fun David Childress appetizer, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about this is that I started doing research about David Childress, but almost all of the information I could find from him online is either his own website or the website of Eric Von Daniken. So pretty biased sources there. (laughs) Did you put on Groucho Marx glasses and a wig and like do investigative journalism? (laughs) (laughs) I, I did a little bit, but first let me just share, let me share with you how David Childress describes himself on his own website because this is stuff this is found everywhere and feel free to interrupt at any point i Mm -hmm. know i will be david hatcher childress known as the real life indiana jones (laughs) to the many fans of his books immediate fact that he intentionally did that what (laughs) a branding exercise He wrote about himself in that way. And it's funny because you watch the show Ancient Aliens. He is always dressed like Indiana Jones. Yeah, he cosplays. <laughs> he cosplays and he, everywhere he goes. He's got the same like bait, like the tan shirt and the hat and everything. He's God, just, that's so funny. That's It's also just like, it's kind of sad. Like his it brand is, so is just a fictional character. Mm-hmm. And like, not even like, like, I mean, we could go like, I love, you know, Indy's great. Love a Harrison yeah. Ford, love a like sure. a weed smoking plane crasher, but um, but like uh-huh. uh, Indiana Jones has like like even of its time has some hmm, less than st- like I wonder how much of it is like oh yeah he's like this great archaeologist and I'm like thinking about like how um, the opening scene with him this not the not the opening scene of like him the 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 adventurer but like was like him getting hit on by students and like him like being so cool and like oh, oh yeah and, like I'm cool and awesome and oh I yeah also. He- this is what he thinks about himself yeah Yeah. we're not even one sentence into his own biography okay sorry sorry sorry. so he's real life indiana jones to the many fans of his books uh he's he's a captivating speaker and author Mm. or co-author of over 25 books we're gonna put an asterisk right there right after that sentence about 25 books we'll come back to that in a bit that's a very productive bibliography i mean tech if you want to get real precise about it technically he's offered authored over 200 books because he's translated them into lots of different languages but I have, I have questions. <laughs> yep. Um, we'll get back to that. He has traveled the world several times over seeking adventure and the answers to the mysteries of mankind's past. So that's sort of his short thing. Then we get a little bit more about him. He was born in France. In 1957, that's all he says about it. We don't know where in France. Nobody seems to know where in France. His Wikipedia page doesn't list a city. It's just France. To be fair, to a lot of French, to a lot of French uh, people, especially like patriotic French people, that's kind of the way they want you to think about France, that there aren't like communities or provinces. There's just France. Like it's just France. If you're if you're born in South America in Guyana, you're French. You're born in France. That's like that's born in France. Yeah. I don't know how long he lived there. Uh but he was raised, so he was born in 1957, mm-hmm. and he was raised in the mountains of Colorado and Montana. So back to, he may be French, but like you said,
said, he is extremely American for sure. Yeah. David's curiosity about the world was piqued at a young age. He attended the University of Montana, where his studies in Oriental culture and philosophy led him to a job teaching teaching English in Taiwan. Uh, I don't know. Okay, a question about that. I don't know if this is true in America. It is true in Canada, but I just want to know for sure. Here, the word Oriental is not good. Uh, that's not that's like a very like almost like a like a antiquated kind of racist term to refer to I Asian was people wondering about that, too. Um, so so that, that uh, I think that like not not to like I don't want to erase this on the episode, because but it's like an important distinction because like there yes. was like a term in olden times, kind of in the time that yes. he seems to imagine himself existing in where the study of basically all non-European cultures and history was just called Oriental studies. And yeah people who studied them were called orientalists and it seems like he basically fancies himself as like a modern day orientalist which was just like this flattening of the entirety of the world's cultures um specifically yeah. of asia to just the orient no i get it i didn't feel great reading it just yeah. then and to be clear to to sort of put a put a nail into this point this is ex- this is what he wrote about himself these yeah. are the words that he chose to use mm-hmm. and i i i'm quoting them and i don't feel great about saying them just on the record fair anyway In 1976, David left the United States on what would become a six-year research and adventure odyssey. During this time, he studied firsthand the ancient civilizations of Africa, the Middle East, and China, sometimes journeying into dangerous territory along the way. David is known for visiting remote islands of the Pacific and Indian Oceans, organizing expeditions to remote areas of Peru and Bolivia, and trekking through the remote areas of the Himalayas and other parts of Asia. I just love that. The Himalayas and other parts of Asia. Yeah, I can see his, Um, I can see the branding he's building for himself. He like is trying he's to position himself as like, yeah, like I think we talked about this in the crypto, uh, crypto zoology episode that like there's people who want this idea of the world to be more, you know, there's like they want, they still want there to be a frontier to explore. And there are, and, yes. and that seems to attract a lot of people who get into these kinds of things. So I'm not surprised. Yeah. His interests are mainly historical, archaeological, and or cryptozoological. So kind of like what you were saying there. Uh. He is a... (laughs) Okay, this part made me laugh so much. Oh boy. It is not... It is in the same paragraph immediately after I just said that. His interests are mainly historical, archaeological, or cryptozoological. He is a good swimmer. (laughs) A certified scuba diver. He's a good swimmer. He's really strong. He's a good swimmer. His wiener's huge. (laughs) (laughs) He's a certified scuba diver and has a special interest in underwater archaeological discoveries. Then it just goes on to list all of the books that he's written. Um, But then it ends with his style is an entertaining blend of personal experience and well-researched fact. And these books present fascinating information on the advanced technology and anomalous architecture of our predecessors around the globe. David has a wide scope of interests and is recognized expert not only on ancient civilizations and technology, but also on free energy, anti-gravity, and UFOs. Man, he is he is he's an everything. expert on those. He has a real um First of all, gotta gotta admit, like gotta give credit where credit's due. Guy knows how to market himself. He knows how to br- he knows branding. This is SEO. All of the buzzwords are in here. Yeah, that that feels like some keyword stuffing stuff at some point. 
points there. But yeah, like this guy, uh, he knows exactly what he is and he's yep. leaning into it. I got to say, uh, uh, and also just has every list of words that is every single red flag for anybody who understands <laughs> even basic science or basic history. Yeah. Like free energy, a thing that is literally impossible. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's an entire yeah. law of physics based around it. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's so it's so wild to me. And I think this exact SEO stuffing is precisely why it was so difficult for me to find literally anything else, anything else that described him, because you look anywhere and it's either got like his Wikipedia entry or it's got this specific, almost verbatim bio uh, bio of him. I am, I'm guessing so that, I'm guessing yeah. that he has been banned from Wikipedia for trying to edit his own article. Oh, interesting. I You might be right. The one interesting thing that I did find on his Wikipedia page is that it said he was involved in a few lawsuits. Now that sounds juicy to me and I wanted to dig deeper because specifically one of them, according to Wikipedia, regards the Kennedy assassination. Hmm. Now on Wikipedia, there is no information on whether he was being sued for it or he was the one one being sued. There's literally no information other than it's a lawsuit tied to the Kennedy assassination that he was somehow involved in, but uh, it got thrown out because the, the statute of limitations expired, basically. And so I was like, well, I gotta find more information about that because that sounds fascinating. Couldn't find a thing, but in the process, I stumbled onto the only blog I could find that has different information about David Childress and seems to have a personal feud (laughs) with David Childress. The best. David Childress himself has expressed criticism for this blog and this author in the past. David Childress has the energy of a guy who has very strong negative opinions about like one specific judge, you know? Yeah. You know those kinds of guys? (laughs) It would be that. So what is this blog? Who is this author that I found that is going to make up the meat of this episode? So I would like to introduce you, if you're not already familiar, with Jason Colavito or Colavito. Now, I was unfamiliar with Jason Colavito until I found this, but he is an American author and independent scholar specializing in the study of fringe theories, particularly around ancient history and extraterrestrials. In a good way or a bad way? (laughs) In a good way. Okay. He basically wrote the book about the stuff this podcast is about. Man, we got to get him on the show. His website does say that he makes a good podcast guest. So maybe we should reach out. Yeah, it does sound good. That would have been a better gift had I thought about it earlier. That would have been a better gift for your birthday to be like, Tristan, I know I said I was going to do the research, but actually I found this person who's been doing the research for decades. (laughs) But uh, what I find interesting about Jason Colavito uh, specifically, other than all the stuff that we're going to get into that he says about David Childress, is that Ancient Aliens does this thing that we talk about a lot where they sow a lot of doubt into quote unquote mainstream archaeology and like official organizations that study history. But Colavito himself is just an independent researcher who much like David Childress and has Mm -hmm. just come to different conclusions. And I think that is funny to me just because of how aggressive ancient aliens is and david childress is about like mainstream archaeology and like official historians and things and it's like but he also seems to have 
a feud, some beef with this guy <laughs> as well, <laughs> uh, which we'll get into. So he wrote a book, Colavita wrote a book called The Cult of Alien Gods back in 2005. It aimed to debunk stuff like Von Daniken's claims, Graham Cox's claims, uh, all those theories. And he dedicated exactly seven pages to David Childress. And that's it. Just seven pages talking about David Childress. And that was enough for David Childress to have to just get pissed off about this. <laughs> you know, I do see David Childress as a guy who files a lot of lawsuits. This this fits the vibe. Yeah. So before we get into why David Childress was angry about the stuff that uh, Colavito wrote about him, let's circle back to the Kennedy lawsuit thing. Yeah, I need to know some deets. So I found this website trying to find information about the Kennedy assassination lawsuit. And this is what Colavito wrote about David Childress, his whole biography and stuff like that. This has a lot more information about David Childress than David Childress's own website has. And it's pretty juicy. So this is what this website reads. David Childress was born in France in 1957. We know this already and raised in the Western United States. He acquired an, uh, an interest in archaeology as a teenager, but dropped out of the University of Montana after a year and did not complete his degree. Huh. Keep that in mind. He began traveling the world to visit quote-unquote mysterious sites. In 1983, the year of his first published book, he joined a New Age commune in Stell, Illinois, then run by Richard Keiniger. This Keiniger? track so far? New, yeah. We've talked about, I feel like uh, New Age needs to be its own topic because uh, its its overlap with ancient alien stuff is very big. Yes. And there's a very personal connection myself with it. So Yeah, so this guy, Richard Keiniger, was a pyramid uh, mystery monger and guru who taught his followers that the world would end on May 5th, 2000, the year 2000. Ooh. Uh, and this commune that David Childress was a part of was an offshoot of uh, a different commune, the Lemurian Fellowship Commune, that believed that uh, we talked about Christ, Lemuria? Christ was the king of Atlantis oh, and, saw, and saw the New Age as the fulfillment of the millennium. Uh, and these are all like themes that have shown up in Childress's books over the years, yeah. too. Also, though, Lemurian is uh, uh, in the episode that uh, we did or the episode that I did with um, with Rod Kim. We talked about Lemuria and, and also its connection with um, with Helena Blavatsky and the Theosophy Society and all that kind of stuff. And also mm -hmm. its connection with esoteric Nazism. But that's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that that is um, it's all connected. It's all connected. So that was stuff that David Childress didn't want to uh, talk about on his website. Yeah, uh, make it into his, sort of, uh, his it, somewhere sort of uh, that out. scaling the Himalayas or whatever. No, I'm an adventurer. Ignore the time when I was in a weird cult. So here's here's all the information I could find about the lawsuits as this as this article continues. In 1998, Dwayne B. Johnson sued Dwayne Childress. Dwayne B. Johnson. It's Dwayne, but yes, Dwayne B. Johnson sued Childress after Childress republished Johnson's 1950 master's thesis on UFOs without the author's permission. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, they settled out of court and uh, Childress paid Johnson a significant sum that is non, not not disclosed. Oopsie. And I guess withdrew that uh, thesis from the publication. That was a lawsuit that the most 
the information that we have. Then it goes on to say in 1996, there was a libel suit against Childress that was tossed out of court because of the statute of limitations. Now, this does not specifically mention the Kennedy assassination, but it has it has the same reason why it was tossed out because of the, the exp- expiration of the statute of limitations. But that's all I could find, <laughs> Tristan. It's driving me bananas. Yeah, I need I to know. know. Inquiry minds need to know what David Childress and the Kennedy assassination have in common. <laughs> This is a conspiracy theory I want to get to the bottom of. Because now, at least, if these are the same two lawsuits, again, the Wikipedia page mentions the Kennedy assassination. This doesn't. But at least this now addresses that it was a suit against him. It wasn't like him suing for like information or something like that. It was against, it was a libel suit against him for some reason. And I gotta know what that was about. This is like almost um, not to like nearly the same extent, but uh, this might be in some way connected or at least in a similar genre of crankery as like, because very often conspiracy theorists have to like, they they say a lot of things that about living, breathing people that are false. And the first thing that comes to mind is how Alex Jones recently had to shell out uh, boatloads, like I think like over a billion dollars or something like that to the yeah. uh, parents of Sandy Hook victims because he spent years and years and years making content on his websites basically defaming their like children's memory. Not that that's the exact same thing but I could picture if I were to hazard a hypothesis about what caused this is that he is implicating somebody in the Kennedy assassination that uh, Mm. maybe uh, did not appreciate that. That seems likely. So if anyone knows any more information about it, please email us. Probs and aliens at Gmail. It's great. great. It's just, just send me more information. I I gotta know. It's 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 picking at me a if little bit. If there's a paralegal who who can uh, who can get a hold of this case, I don't know if that's yes. legal or not. But um, whatever's public and it won't get you in trouble. Don't yeah. do crimes. Don't do crimes. Don't do for crimes. Podcast, don't please. do crimes. Don't do crimes. Either way, this was about the end of this sort of biography of David Childress on on this blog. But with this and the seven pages in the book that Colavito wrote about Childress, Childress got a little peeved. And you can tell because the article then ends with this parenthetical. Full disclosure, although we have never met or communicated, Childress considers me an enemy because I described him as an ancient astronaut theorist during a period when he did not consider himself to be one. Now, this is interesting. This (laughs) got me interested. Oh, my God. Wow. Because he tried to, he considered him an enemy because he called him the thing that he now has a, he now made millions of dollars (laughs) claiming to be. Okay. He's uh, like, hey, I, I'm not upset that you call me an ancient astronaut theorist. I'm upset that you that you thought I was one back in like the 90s. I wasn't one then. I am one now. Get your facts straight. This guy called me a baby for complaining about stuff, but I haven't been a baby in like 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. So Colavito then sort of takes this to heart a little bit and explains further that Childress's position on ancient mysteries has fluctuated in parallel with his financial interests. A look at Childress's actual record of comments will demonstrate that over the past 25 years, 
Childress has advocated whatever theory happened to be the most popular and profitable at any given time. It's weird how that keeps <laughs> happening. It keeps, it weird keeps how, like, happening. Like, we've gone through several people's careers where the second the kind of crankery that they're into gets popular, they're like, all of a sudden, like, yeah, I was a believer the whole time. What are you talking about? I was a believer the whole time. And now, I mean, I mean, he's literally got angry because he's he's saying Childress is saying I wasn't a believer the whole time. I am now, but you shouldn't say that I was back then. And Colavito has, you know, the receipts, as they say, uh, because Childress has been writing stuff and and talking and he can't shut up since like the 80s. So uh, from 1983 to 1993, Childress was a lost civilization scholar, claiming that a, a series of Atlantis-like civilizations was a ruled the ancient earth. He was a Gramcock. That's okay. what he believed. Uh, and then with the publication of one of his books about ancient astronauts uh, called Extraterrestrial Archaeology, he did become an ancient astronaut theorist from around 1994 to 1998. Again, you can track all this stuff based off of what he says, what he writes, all that stuff. Why would you say these false things about me just because it's things that I have said and done? And yeah, <laughs> this, this was the period of time that Childress got upset about. He wrote about ancient astronauts in this book. And when uh, Colavito said that he was an ancient astronaut, during or ancient astronaut theorist during this time. I was an ancient Children's astronaut now there. That's the now next level. That, that's I was the, the ancient astronaut. No one's talking about this. But yeah, so that's the period that Childress got upset about. But after that lawsuit that we mentioned earlier, the one that we actually know more info about uh, with the publishing the, the thesis without any permission, um, that thesis was about aliens and UFOs and things like that. After that lawsuit happened, Childress backed away from UFOs and aliens. I think he was just sort of like spur, sort of like uh, he was, I guess, hurt a little bit by the lawsuit and all the money that he had to pay. So he was mm -hmm. like, all right, maybe I'm going to try something else. So from 1998 to 2000, Childress preferred time travel as the origin of anomalous ancient civilizations. People from okay. the future traveling back in time to give people technology yeah, and we've to covered build that. things. That's, that's, we've covered uh, that. We did that episode. In 2000, Childress returned to lost civilizations with another book, uh, Technology of the Gods. Although Technology uh, also, of the Gods? Of the Gods? Man, trying to get it on the Gramcock uh, thing. I know. And just to be clear here, during this time period, ancient astronaut theory was not popular. And Childress, at this point in time, didn't believe ancient astronaut theory. Again, he was all about lost he was civilizations. not part of the millions of people around the world yet. He wasn't, the, he wasn't part of that just yet. Back then it was during dozens this time. of people around the world believe. So when Colavito wrote about Childress in his book in 2005, he linked Childress to people like Von Daniken and Zechariah Sitchin, who we've also talked about in the past. Mm -hmm. And Childress was not thrilled about being associated with Von Daniken and Sitchin. Can you believe that Childress <laughs> was not thrilled about being associated with Von Daniken? Yeah, the first time they have time? to do the table read for uh for like ancient aliens and like they meet each other and it's like hi. <laughs> yeah. Childress said at one point, uh, he described Eric Von Daniken in print as a quote fraud. 
And ancient astronaut evidence was uh, fictitious before then he started reversing that uh, so that he could appear in the Ancient Aliens TV show a couple of years later. So it was the TV show that that got him on board, huh? Just about in an interview with the Chicago Reader in 2006, this was a year after Colavito's book that, again, only had seven pages dedicated to Childress. Uh, he Childress did go on to attack Colavito for this book and for l- saying that he believed in ancient astronaut theory. He said, quote, my whole thing is that this stuff is from this planet. These giant ruins aren't built by extraterrestrials. I say they were built by humans. Mankind and civilization goes back 50,000 years or more. What else can I assume is inaccurate in this book, the book that Colavita wrote? This guy just plain doesn't do his research. That's what Childress has to say. So he's mm. very much like, I am not talk. I'm not talking about aliens at all. It's humans built this stuff. Why would you even say this about me? Uh, and then just a couple of years later, he was like, aliens totally built this stuff. Maybe aliens totally built this stuff. I have a feeling that like the documentary was made like as a one-off to try and like, like they were just they, like, it was just a thing like, cause uh, history was kind of just desperate for new content. And then, mm-hmm. um, then something happened and it did really, really, really well. And it went viral. And all of a sudden they're like, yep. this is now my entire life. Yes. So because of this, because Childress said this guy just plain doesn't do his research, referring to Colavito, Colavito shot back with a timeline of quotes from David Childress himself, <laughs> highlighting his contradictory beliefs over the years about ancient civilizations and structures and artifacts, etc. I'm not going to go through all of them, but the pattern is basically between the late 1980s to the early 2000s, Childress is like, it's not aliens. I never said it was aliens. I don't believe aliens. And then from the mid 2000s onward, he's like, oh yeah, for sure it's 100% aliens without question. But to give you just one example of how far he's changed, one example that I think you and me and our listeners will understand because we've talked about this exact thing in a really early episode. I think it was one that we even recommended in our 100th episode that people listen to. Mm -hmm. King Pakal's sarcophagus lid. Uh-huh. Classic. Yep. Classic ancient aliens. Just to refresh everyone's memory, this is the lid that has a carving on it uh, that looks like someone blasting off into space with like some weird, you know, space suit and things like that. And it's, we've talked about it before. It's the quintessential ancient aliens. Quint- this, it, when you think about ancient astronaut, this is ancient astronaut. Mm-hmm. This is what it is. Um, so this is what David Childress had to say about Pakal's sarcophagus in 1992. This is from one of his books. Quote, I stared at the sarcophagus lid for a while. It was indeed fascinating. It was a bizarre scene, though Von Daniken's explanation didn't quite make sense to me. The man was barefoot and wore no shirt, a typical dress for the Maya. But is this how one dresses when one is in one's spaceship? It is unlikely that any sort of rocket power was ever used in the past or will ever be used in the future by visiting astronauts. End quote. So he's basically saying, not even basically, he is saying Von Daniken's claim that this is a person blasting off into space in a spaceship just straight up doesn't make sense to him. And that's what David Childress says in 1992. Hmm. Here's what he has to say 20 years later in 2012. Lord Bacall's sarcophagus was his spaceship. He's the original rocket man. <laughs> That's what he has to say. So he goes from this 
He goes, what I find interesting is he goes from this sort of like introspective, very like thoughtful, like I'm looking at it and it's interesting, but I don't know if it makes sense to me. Like he's, he's leaving, he's like talking about his personal opinion. Like, I don't know about this. It's unlikely. And then he just goes to bold statements. Lord Pakal's sarcophagus was his spaceship. He is the original rocket man. Not even like a hesitation, like in the past where he's like, I don't know. It doesn't quite make sense. Like, no, nah, no, nah, this was his spaceship and that's what he said on ancient aliens that the tv show that has to sh- that, that, that there's actually something to like it shows how uh ancient astronaut theory sort of evolved like i think that maybe maybe we have to like talk about the timeline of ancient astronaut theory but like mm-hmm. if you look at it in like the 80s or the 70s it was more in like the new agey movement so it was like more with like spiritualists and stuff like that mm-hmm. right which meant that it was more couched in philosophical terms and then in the 2000s it was just straight up like entertainment um yeah and so it moved over into like mainstream entertainment so yeah he's the original rocket man versus like that like it shows the different ways i I, i'm i'm starting to get impressed by childress's uh branding ability he is a uh he has taken he has he has a very specific grift and he Mm -hmm. has adapted to the times he has changed and uh moved to as this as ufo crankery evolves he has moved into into the iron and struck while it's hot. Like, I mean, I know a lot of grifters uh, because, you know, this space is mm. full of them and he's a, he's a competent one. Yeah, absolutely. And look, there's nothing wrong with changing your opinion on stuff over the years as you learn more things, as you, as you grow and you, and you discover and you, you know, all this stuff. But I think everything that we're sort of seeing about when he changes his views, why he changes his views, the way that he's extremely firm about something until like, oh, now I got sued, so I have to change my views because that cost me money. Or like, oh, now there's this popular theory that I could make money on because I'm on this TV. I, there's this TV show. Maybe now I do believe that. I think it's very clear that his views are not, in my opinion, his views are not based off of what he actually believes, but rather where the money is and where the money isn't. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I think that, yeah, you're, you're showing the model of a career. Like this kind of like fringe conspiracy media is... It's, it's it's a huge industry and it has and it and there's different genres of it all over the place and these people like the people who make this kind of stuff have to have a, a, a light grasp on you know truth and evidence and such so yeah. in order to be successful in that space you have to have fluid beliefs so yes these are the people who rise to the top and I mean kudos to Ch- David Childress for knowing when a, a good grift is going on and, and taking full advantage yeah and you do not have to hand it on to you do yeah, not actually, have to hand uh, it despite what we said you actually don't have to hand it to him i want to end this episode by start by going back to where we started his biography right Mm -hmm. his own biography on his website Mm -hmm. and as we as we talked about it makes a lot of claims about who he is and what he does he refers to himself as an archaeologist not just on on his website but also in videos online he says i am an archaeologist as a way to promote his books but he has no credentials i mean we talked about it he he went to college for a year and then and then dropped out and there's nothing wrong with that i didn't i don't have a degree in anything but 
I also don't claim that I do. I, you know, you, <laughs> I, he's claiming to be an archaeologist without any sort of credentials, without any sort of legitimate research or backing or study other than just his own experiences. He says he's written over 25 books despite recycling text from one book to another book. We talk about this a lot with these sorts of people. He repeats not just ideas, but he repeats thousands of words and the exact wording of a lot of what he writes, selling each book as a completely new work. Classic. Yeah, yeah. The high there's a there's there's a handful of people who like have leveraged a like high volume book writing career who do that exact thing yeah yeah sometimes yeah. it's useful and like it comes with like updates like i think like noam chomsky does that occasionally because he writes like a book a year and like oftentimes takes old ideas and updates them but yeah it's still like in this case it sounds like he's just literally just re like he's repackaging i'm watching a lot of like for various reasons you might understand i'm watching a lot of like children's youtube stuff lately mm-hmm. and there are a lot of children's youtube channels that are very successful the biggest one being like miss rachel and this is like not an attack on miss rachel i think it's actually a clever idea but it's the same idea which is that like we want like recently halloween happened and they had like a halloween episode of of uh of miss rachel uh mm-hmm. and in that they did like some original songs like you know the spooky version of kid uh the wheels on the bus but then mm-hmm. there's stuff like where they are just trying to repackage the same content that they've already made and so they're like all right now we're going to do the there's a bubblegum song involved and so like and then it just like immediately cuts and she's like in a different costume like from like a previous video and like the camera quality is obviously different and all that kind of stuff sure um and like that kind of stuff happens a lot on children's media but like i i, I mean it's interesting i i think that i think i i don't like well i i'm trying to think of like uh, a point to the thing i just said but, yeah it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing we've talked about before for how, you know, if we ever get stuck at some point and we can't record an episode, we will probably just run a, a rerun of an episode. Podcasts do that all the time. Like, the, I don't even, I think they stopped making new episodes of This American Life like 10 years ago and they just keep doing the same, same things. They just keep repeating it. Mm-hmm. But it still is showing that like he, it, it, he's a content creator. He is pumping out lots of content. Yes. Yes. Finally, as Colavito writes, Childress says that he's an expert on the subject matter that he speaks on. You know, we talked about in his bio, he says, you know, he's regarded as an expert on UFOs and anti-gravity and and free energy Mm -hmm. and all these different, you know, ancient civilizations and cultures and history and things like that. But when you actually look at his work, which we will probably do in a future episode, Childress does not offer any original ideas in his books, but instead collects the ideas of others and repeats them, sometimes verbatim, without original analysis Uh, or commentary. That's the key part. He doesn't have any sort of original analysis or commentary. So it's hard to know what he actually believes in. He just, it doesn't really feel like he has beliefs. He just says things that other people have said. And there's just like, mm-hmm. think about that. But think about that one. I mean, in many ways, that is the um, that is the general vibe of ancient aliens. It's literally just, hey, look, we found another crank who said this. What do you think? Interesting stuff. Yeah. And despite all of that, despite all of the sort of holes that we can pick in the bio that he wrote for himself, as we keep saying, he's done a pretty decent job at making sure that it is just about the only bio of David Childress that is out there on the internet. So thanks to 
Jason Colavito <laughs> for giving me something else other than uh, Childress's own words and for doing the research, you know, uh, almost two decades ago. I mean, all it's done is really make me want to to do an actual deep dive on the works that he's that he's written, which we will probably do at some point. But I think that is a good that's a good sort of amuse bouche of David Childress. An amuse bouche. Wow. Yeah. God, I um it's interesting how their stories are always different, but they they still somehow manage to have a lot of commonalities, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the trajectory of a grifter has some like universality to it. Yeah, I think the most interesting part of this for me was learning how he was very much insulted by being like by being associated with ancient astronauts uh, and ancient astronaut theory and then suddenly being one of the big faces of it currently like mm-hmm. we talked about it before we talked about it at the start he is one of the two or three most recognizable people on ancient aliens the tv show and we're gonna see him at a live show he's doing live tours with people yeah. so clearly he's okay with the, this association right mm-hmm. now because that's where the money is and i think that's sort of the main link between a lot of them is yeah it's, where's it's, the money it's a scam everybody yeah it's a scam but we'll do a a deeper dive into david childress in the future i guarantee it because this was just a little a little bit of a taste but how did you like your birthday present it was great i i love a good grifter story god Thank you, Scott. I needed this. I've had a very, uh, I've had a very uh, intense week, and I'm very happy to have a little, a little bit of. You uh, get to sit back while I talk about famous French person David Childress. Well, Scott, is there anything I could do for you? Well, if I was you, Tristan, I would follow this show on Probs Not Aliens on Twitter and Blue Sky. Oh, that's a good place. Yeah, uh, Twitter, uh, Blue Sky, uh, code. I'm gonna go get you all code. Get a code for everybody. Everybody, free to a good. Home, bsky-social-zvb4a-br7mg. Come say hi to us on Blue Sky. Yeah. And uh, Tristan, where can people find more of you in your work? See, you're normally pretty thoughtful and you're the person who does the research and stuff. So this is very different. People might not know this about you, but you talk about history a lot. Yeah. Uh, I. Uh, you can go to stepbackhistory.com. It'll take you to my YouTube channel where I talk about basically as a historian, I try to use being a historian and talking about the past as a way to understand the world as it is today. And due to the success of this podcast and some other content that I made, I'm I'm doing more talking about conspiracy theories as a uh, a major source of problems in the way that we think and the world today. And very apropos, if you go there right now, my latest video actually is a discussion about the uh, JFK assassination conspiracy. And this is coming out literally like the day before the 60th anniversary of the JFK assassination. So, so I gotta know. You got yeah. <laughs> Send you us information about about Childress's lawsuit. Yeah, I gotta know. But Scott, it's also yeah. close to uh, Thanksgiving, and if I wanted to know the history of the Superman parade balloon, where would I oh need to go God. for that? It's American Thanksgiving. I can't believe you didn't say American Thanksgiving. American You're Thanksgiving. Canadian. My Thanksgiving was like a month ago. Yeah. You can watch that video if you want over on my YouTube channel, NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. Also this year, I'm hoping to, to do a sequel to the video Emily and I did last Thanksgiving where we made a bunch of Scooby-Doo sandwiches in real life. Oh, that was fun. This time I have bought a... 
weird amount of old cookbooks from uh, licensed IP. And we're going to try to make a whole Thanksgiving meal based off of stuff from Marvel recipe books, DC recipe books, Scooby-Doo recipe, like officially licensed stuff. So that'll be a fun, just goofy one. Uh, Go check out my YouTube channel. It's great. We're both on Nebula, as well as this podcast is on Nebula. Nebula Nebula.tv slash probably not aliens. You can get episodes early over (laughs) there. So you can already listen to the next episode. Yeah, they're listening to our next episode. Uh, which is actually our, so if you want, if you sign up for Nebula right now, you'll get next week's episode. Next week's episode is the one where we are reacting to the show that we're about to go to. So, uh, if you want that juicy, uh, a juicy steak of content and you cannot wait seven agonizing days for it, then go check it out. Uh, nebula.tv slash probably not aliens. That's the place to go. That's the place to go. And, uh, thank you to everyone who writes reviews on Apple podcasts and leaves feedback on Spotify. We really appreciate it. It helps the show grow as well as telling your friends about this show mm-hmm. uh you know just just tell just tell everyone about it. tristan do you know about this show i've i've maybe i i definitely think that uh, uh i'm hoping that one of the things that we might do over the trip because my parents are also coming along on the trip as part of the thing to mm-hmm. introduce my dad to this podcast that we've been doing for two years that he would like so <laughs> hopefully we'll do a little bit of that work but um yeah that i think is all for now so uh yeah leave reviews show people friends and all those things but until next time i'm tristan johnson and I'm Scott Nicewander, and the truth is out there. How do you say probably in French, in France language? Problemo. The truth is out there. Problemo? Was that good? Yeah. Do I get your French seal of approval? Probablement. Probablement. <laughs>